Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dulte Doherty and in this podcast series, I'll be speaking to investors, advisors, entrepreneurs and recruiters who are based all over the world and we'll be discussing how to set up, scale and operate a world-class recruitment company. You know, it used to be that you, you'd have to leave regional areas and go to the city to get a good job in recruitment. And thanks to technology and the ability that it's given us to recruit from anywhere in the world, that's no longer the case. So today I'm speaking to Cahal Meehan and he has his own IT recruitment firm based out of his hometown in Derry City, um, where he has one other guy working with him and they are doing a lot of mobile recruitment, um, mobile development recruitment that is, for the American market and they're based out of Derry. so, you know, proving that you can do it from anywhere and you don't need to go to the most expensive places in the world to be successful. And, you know, I like to see this because I'm from the local area. I'm from just down the road. And, you know, if, if I was a young guy looking to get my first start, you know, to get to work for one of these people who have their own recruitment firms and they're based locally, and you know that you could make New York or London money, but base yourself in your hometown. It's something that wasn't available to me and a lot of people. So I wanted to get him on the podcast. He's also reached out a number of times, picking my brain on things. Um, so, so yeah, great to get him on. Great to have a good chat. And uh, I hope you enjoy. Hello, Hello there, Gahal. Hi, thanks. Good man. Speak into the microphone there so we can... Can you hear me better now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's important to hold the phone like we used to in the olden days. Oh, I know. I know. Tell me about it. The wireless headsets are, uh, are, uh, are a good thing these days. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so hopefully everybody won't need uh, a translator for our northern ireland chat that we're gonna have um yeah <laughs> so cal you're 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 from Derry, right yes well i originally was born in london um but my dad's from Derry, so moved back when i was about 13 14 and uh you went to school in Derry, went to university in Derry. um initially Got a, a law degree. Um, I was going to give then, you a bit uh, of. I was going to give you a bit of slagging for, for staying in Derry after after growing up there. Yeah, Derry men. <laughs> Derry men hate leaving the city. Hey, they just. Oh, they're all they're, they're mommy's boys. <laughs> mommy's boys. <laughs> mommy's boys, and you're the only hardworking dairy man there is as well. That's the. Ah. <laughs> that's that's the myth that we have down south. Ah, uh, not at all. There's a uh, there's plenty of hardworking dairy men. One working for myself at the moment, Patrick. He's uh, he's he's a good sort. Yeah, great. And we've had uh, you're the second dairy man we've had on the podcast, right? Um, Who's the first? Gareth McGlynn. He. Uh, oh yes, niche, niche recruitment. Have you have you bumped into yeah. him? I have. I was actually I picked his brains there before Christmas about the sort of American market and how he's found it and stuff like that. So it's it's actually really good having having good professionals like that in the in the local area you can you can uh 
get a bit of experience from. Yeah, and running a very similar model from from the outside looking in, like you know, working the U.S. market from Derry, and yeah, it's a, it's it's good to see that you know because I can't imagine what it's like trying to do the local stuff there. Uh, but so you you did your law degree, right? How disappointed yeah. were your parents that you went into recruitment? Uh, they weren't they weren't disappointed at all. You'd be surprised. Um, I'd, I literally I'd sort of exhausted all um, avenues to to go down that route. But um, Northern Ireland's a bit different from the uh, mainland UK with how to become a solicitor or a barrister. So I'd initially looked at doing the institute, but it was just after the recession, solicitors were sort of wrapping up with regards to overheads. So they wasn't much work going. And then to go over to England to do it, you had to go to the College of Law. And that was like 13 grand a year um, without a guaranteed job at the end. And then if I wanted to come back to Northern Ireland and practice, um, I'd then have to go through the Institute anyway. So it was, it was sort of like a waste of time either way. So yeah, no, law would have been a fantastic career opportunity but um i don't like reading too much and uh yeah I prefer the fast fast pace of the recruitment industry i think it suits me a bit better yeah brilliant um so you got in straight after uni did you yeah well it's funny uh funny enough story my um my brother-in-law he he works in recruitment and he'd always sort of said that you you you'd be gifted a gab you'd be you'd be useful in recruitment um so I'd initially got the idea of him and I started interviewing before I even sat my final uh, exams at, at university. So I had interviews in London with the likes of Aston Carter um, and, and eventually got a, an offer from Morgan McKinley um, down in their Holborn office, which was a fantastic experience. Um, so you might the, be the only the, guest on this podcast that hasn't fallen into recruitment. Yeah, they haven't haven't fallen to it, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, no, it's you know, it's it, it's been a fantastic learning curve over the last couple of years, and John, I wouldn't wouldn't definitely have not changed it for the world. Um, so, so you you got a little start at uh, at Mark McKinley, but you soon then joined uh, the guys at Rapirio, um, yes, who who run a really good business from Northern Ireland, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd initially joined Morgan McKinley, the big, I suppose. The, the, they're fantastic at selling you the opportunities. They give you a fantastic base, really big base for a resourcer. And then they sort of say 10% to 10%. And I obviously was at my eve at this stage, fresh out of university. I was, well, that's fantastic. And then when I actually worked out, it was only 1%. And uh, yeah, the commission structure wasn't too good. Um, but obviously, I was back and forth. I have a, I have a little daughter. Well, she's not a little anymore. She's nine. Um but I was coming back nearly every weekend and the additional salary that I would have been getting was going on flights. So I sort of had a, had a chat with um, uh, James and Patrick at Imperio and uh, look, I suppose <laughs> that, that was said then and uh, joined there and I had a great time. Really, really enjoyed my time there. And for anybody listening, like I, I'm from the same neighborhood, I'm just down the road. People probably don't realize how hard it is to get a job in the and to get a start out of uni. It's not like it's not like the UK or or like any city. It's really, you know, it's it's really tough, isn't it? So I bet you were glad of oh, getting that start time. with the guys in Derry. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so luckily enough, um, 
I had a couple of friends up in Belfast at the same time too. So I was able to, to sort of share accommodation and stuff and reduce, reduce costs in that way. But no, I think, yeah, coming back was, was definitely a fantastic, fantastic part for what, what I needed to be doing at that time. Yeah, and you obviously had the had the commute down the road from Belfast to Derry to see see your daughter as well. So I can imagine how that yeah. must have been great. Um, so Reperio, those guys that that they work for S three, they they kind of have that 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 a similar model, don't they? It's quite entrepreneurial. Yeah, I think Patrick and James initially were over in England to begin with. Uh, I think James was um, doing a bit out in Germany as well. Um, but they, yeah, sort of inch wide, mile deep um, model with regards to specialists in a, in a particular technology language, um, knowing your market in depth. Um, so I initially started on the Java desk, um, but we were just sort of influxed with a number of mobile mobile roles uh so sort of james put me to the side one day and said do you want to have a crack at have a crack at this market uh so i had a had a look into it and there was i think at one stage there was about 10 new hot jobs on and i just sort of got cracking with that got learning the technologies relatively easy um and it just it just grew from there so we sort of established a mobile desk there i think it would have been one of the first mobile desks or sort of dedicated mobile desks anyway in Ireland um, a lot of the other agencies because mobile hadn't really blown up at that time um, you would have had sort of a maybe a Java consultant doing a bit of Android and a bit of iOS but I think I might have been not I'm not claiming it but I might have been one of the first sort of mobile specific recruiters in in the Republic yeah I think we we pulled a girl out of there years ago and put her in New York I don't know if you were working. right I think she were, I was that Ebony that's right, yeah. Yeah, Ebony's, Ebony, she eventually went back um, from what I've seen. But no, Ebony, Ebony's lovely. She's, she's a good character, like full of energy. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Uh, my wife kindly interrupted me there to tell me it was Pancake Tuesday. Oh, have you, have you not had your pancakes yet? <laughs> My pancakes yet. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you uh, you worked for the guys at Reperio for a bit. You became a specialist recruitment re- recruiter there. Um, yes. And then somebody tapped you on the shoulder for a leadership role then. Is that right? Yeah, well, kind of. There's a, there's a bit that obviously doesn't get to go under the LinkedIn profile, but I'd initially wanted to go out. I, I'd sort of seen the demand in on the mobile side of things um, and wanted to to sort of cover all sort of geographical locations uh, as much as possible. Um, so I've seen there was a massive demand for mobile developers in London, um, in, in New York and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'd initially... And wanted to go out uh, and and set up as set up literally what I've done now, but um, a lot earlier in my career. Um, but sort of the brother-in-law, he had a chat with me and he said, "Look, you're 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 too inexperienced. There's obviously you you do the recruitment side of the job well, obviously from your billings, but you don't know." the back end of, of recruitment, the invoice and software the database side of things, um, which was 
which was completely true. Um, so I had an opportunity. He wanted to establish himself in the Irish market. Um, and in turn, I had the opportunity to, to sort of test or like a trial run, if you know what I mean. Like uh, I could literally set up with all the support, all the back office support already there um, and, and look, sort of like run uh, an operation for myself. Um, so I had the experience of doing that. Um, and and what, what's, what's your brother-in-law's experience or background? Uh, so I, th- I, I forget which, which uh, company it was in particular that he worked for, um, but he'd initially had, uh, it was approached by, uh, one of the owners of a, of a previous company that he worked for um, to to set up. Um, so they set up a, sort of an IT specialist um, company. Then they've expanded into the construction sector as well. Um, so they've got a couple of desks there at the moment. Um, and yeah, they're going from strength to strength. I think they've got a couple of regional offices now um, in Roundburg, Hampstead and, and in London and um, in Chelmsford as well. So they're, they're going from strength to strength and it's great to see that they're, they're growing rapidly. It must be good. It must be good having somebody in the family that's in the same industry. Oh, definitely. Like if I ever need a bit of, uh, a bit of advice or need to understand sort of what way to best pose something, it's, yeah, it's one of them ones where you can always get a, a lend in here. Yeah, because, you know, when, when you go out on your own, and we'll go into this in a little bit, um, it can be quite isolating, can't it? Yeah, big time. I find sort of working working from home for the first year or so, obviously, when you when you leave working for a company, the thought of working from home will be fantastic, but sort of then you start to procrastinate, and before you know it, you're actually doing dishes and and housework and people are wondering why why are you not working you're like oh no i was able to work but i had a bit of time and we don't do this normally when you work and so why are you doing it now and i found that working in the house was it was a big distraction um so initially then when i once once i did sort of set up myself um find a hot desk space up in the in the city center which was good what's the what's the theme like in in derry for for that is are there many many kind of startup uh, businesses there now? Like it's been a long time since I lived up there. Yeah, well, I suppose that there's a couple of creative hubs. We're actually in one ourselves um, in Ebrington, um, just an old army barracks uh, where the British Army used to be based uh, during the Troubles. But all of the it's going through a massive urban regeneration project at the moment so there's a brand new hotel being built here um there's a couple of fantastic restaurants you've the likes of ollie's you've the wall city brewery so if you're ever up this neck of the woods highly recommend them too um but yeah there's so we're in like a startup hub um where there's a number of other in, uh, businesses uh we have uh number of speakers that would come in sort of once a month so last month we had um someone in from invest ni who yes. sort of given advice as to what startup businesses can avail from um, the Northern Ireland government and stuff like that, which was fantastic. Uh, and then sort of once you've graduated and your business is in a, in a stable enough position, then you move on to one of their other uh, buildings, which is more sort of isolated offices, um, but a fully service operation, which is fantastic to reduce costs and, and, and things like that. Did you know, you strike me as an impatient person, did, did did you know that you were going to set up your own business from very early on? Yeah, I think once once I'd initially put that first business plan together, um, 
before I left Rapirio, I, I always knew that I wanted to work work for myself. I think it was just having that autonomy to be able to decide and, and work what way you want to work. Like I recently finished off reading a book, um, the four hour work week mm-hmm. and yeah, basically being able to, on that. yeah, definitely being, being able to sort of control more of what you do and, and letting work actually work around your, your personal life um, rather than it being the other way about. Um, it's something that, that was, was key for me when sort of making decisions. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I sort of aim for, clients overseas because like no better way to visit other countries when you're on client visits should i mean um so we've got meetings lined up well i haven't got meetings lined up yet but i've got i've planned to go to new york at the end of june hopefully have a few few meetings lined up there and spain barcelona places like that so yeah (laughs) using it as a way to travel yeah for sure i think uh i think there's probably a middle line to to find between using Gary V's principles of work intensely, work smart, work hard, but also yeah. using some of the stuff that that the four hour work week have, Tim Ferriss has in that do what you're good at. Both of them have this do what you're good at, get the rest off your plate. Get the rest yeah. off your plate and focus in what you're good at. And and that's it's it's counter it's counterintuitive to a lot of recruiters because by nature, we're taught to control, control the process, control the quality, control the output. But you have to work out that there's little bits that you can give away and there's, there's bits that, that require influence that you should be yeah. focusing in on. And that's what we've tried to build our model on over the years. And yeah. my wife has come back into the business now after hammering out a couple of kids in two years. And her, she's putting together that there. We're going to have a VA a VA autom- automation solution for small to medium businesses like yourself, where right. she's going to go in, ask you what you do, how you do it, and document it, process map it, figure out if there's like 50% that you can give to a VA, what what that looks like in terms of your process, and then train the VA, put it in there, and make sure that uh, that it's all running smoothly. So that's, yeah. that's, our, that's, that's, that's a part of her project this year. Um, just on your on your strategic plan, you obviously you took from Rapirio the 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 like you know you need to be a specialist, um you know and you can see you also took that there's better fees to be made internationally, there you know there, there's mark there's great markets that aren't as saturated, um yes, it, is it fair to say that maybe you get a bit lost in terms of there's so much to go after that you need to narrow down the focus or how have you found like that that's always a very difficult one in the first year to pinpoint where exactly your sweet spot is and then like build out from there yeah i i suppose a kid in a sweet shop sort of comes to mind it's like all these different locations i could do this i could do that and (laughs) realistically when when you work out the amount of numbers of hours you've got in a day and I suppose correlating that with their time zones as well. Mm. Um, you sort of want to be best, best using your time 
So the way I'm working at the minute is sort of my US um, business development. I'm because it's very transactional. I find it's predominantly email focused. Um, I'm sort of doing that in the morning. So it's like one of the first emails that they come into when they come online at about one. Um, and then my afternoons are fully focused on the business development side of things in the UK, the Spanish and the, the Irish markets. Okay. Um, but the, the fantastic thing is me and Patrick have a, have a really, really good partnership where I can literally pull in a job and he just soaks up information so quickly. Um, he's able to actually go out and, and source relatively good candidates in, in, in a short period of time. So we have a specialism between sort of mobile um, and, and the web technologies. Um we would rarely sort of work out of, you know, if, if it was a role that we, we don't have much experience in, we were happy to sort of turn around to the companies and say, look, you're better off going to a specialist for this um, unless they're really sort of back to the wall and it is really urgent for them. That's the only time we would really consider working something which would be out of our remit. Um, and we just sort of manage our expectations as to the, our experience working with these candidates mm. Um so no, we've got a we've got a good setup where I'm sort of predominantly doing the business development, and Patrick's the the source at the moment. But yeah, hopefully as we grow, um, we can sort of expand expand out in that sense. Well, a quick way to grow without growing is to create split partnership relationships. So whenever that client comes to you and says, oh, "I need this," and you're like, "I don't do it," if you if you can say, "Here's the person that does it," they'll give you fifty percent of the fee. Yeah, I have I previously spoke to, um, I had a, one or two chats with the guys up in, in Hayward Hawk up in Belfast. We'd, we'd one or two things like that, but then they've grown absolutely massively at the moment. Um, yeah, you need so, to do with yeah. other independents. There's a, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a website called uh, the, uh, the NPA, which is a, a platform for it. Um, one of the firms that I used to work for used to use it. And, you know, they just have, they just, they have people all over the world. There's a, there's an amazing amount of sourcers and, and recruiters out there that are afraid of business development. Um, so that's one way you can do it. Another way would be to hire, hire like you could hire three or four sourcer recruiters from Upwork, um, you know, yeah. from Eastern Europe or something. Probably, probably at the same price as 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 what as what what somebody locally would cost you. Maybe maybe half the price, you know. So yeah. I think there's so much now that we can do to to make more money, especially if you've got that flair for a wee bit of business development. You know, it's a yeah. What would you say is uh, the thing? Well, so, so let me pose a question, different. It what I'm taking if you want to grow and you want to hire and you want to get to that point where you have like ten people. Um, what what's the biggest obstacle? of getting from from where you're at right now to getting to the point when where you've kind of worked yourself out of the hot seat a little bit it's sourcing experienced consultants in the local area that's sort of where my main main issue is um having having people that have that sort of maybe two years experience uh, in recruitment, they don't need to be technology wise. Cause I, I think once you've, once you work in recruitment and you've got this sort of sales experience, um, the, the market that you're in, it should be able to, you should be able to chop and change um, with a bit of, bit of, bit of training. Um, and yeah, that's, that's sort of my, 
my main challenge is is coming across people that don't that that have that experience rather than a fr- someone who's maybe no experience, maybe have a bit of sales experience, whether it's from from a different type of sector. Um, and yeah, being able to sort of hit the ground running. Because yeah. you find then that you can have sort of like three three months of training, um, if not more. Um, and that's a lot of time for someone who's obviously not generating any income. Um, and it's just all all overheads at that stage. Um, so yeah, I think that that's the biggest, the bigger challenge I have been, like keep touching with Patrick has been so good with regards to only having six months experience before he joined me in recruitment um, mm-hmm. before that he had uh, a number of years of sales experience in the state agency side of things and he's, um, he's, and, literally, he's and he's too busy to put people under right now yeah yeah I, I wouldn't want to let he's doing what he's doing he's doing good I don't think he's had a bad month since since he's joined the business um, so look long may it last um no <laughs> right. I c- c- couldn't uh i could, couldn't fault him but if i could find 10 more patrick's i would uh i'd be flying yeah but, but you won't, in north. <laughs> you won't in north <laughs> exactly that's the thing <laughs> yeah so so it, it, it sounds like you're gonna have to bite that bullet and get the grad stuff happening yeah yeah that's something that i have looked into one of my friends um he recommended sort of going down the apprenticeship scheme and and, and stuff like yeah. that um there's the you thing that is you've experienced. <laughs> you never know you never know when we have to attract the feedback but the, the, what i find that anyway is that i suppose you've probably experienced yourself ireland in general the whole the island of ireland if you know what i mean is experiencing a large brain drain when it comes to to young young professionals um probably not too much done in dublin these days but especially in the north um there in particular there's so many talented um educated people that are just moving over overseas because there's just not enough opportunities here so hopefully what we are able to do is is provide driven individuals opportunity to to sort of earn the same type of money you could in london um from Derry. Yeah, and Gareth, uh, Gareth faces the same the same issue, you know, and he's found that uh, he's found he's had a bit more success hiring in uh, hiring in uh, people with no experience and, uh, and and training them that way. It's uh, yeah. I would have thought I would have thought there would be there would be some great talent there because there isn't many great ways to make lots of money, you know, and and if you're offering a remote setup that has you know, if you're bringing in big US fees and you're paying, you're paying well. Like, there's there's an opportunity there to to, oh, to, definitely. to live a sweet life in the northwest of Ireland, right? Yeah, like our commission, our permanent commission structure goes up to thirty five percent. So if you if you add that up to the American fees, like it's there's serious money to be made. Like, and what uh what other what other challenges are you facing at the moment? Um. I think well, one of the challenges I'm finding at the moment is is within that American market. Like we, when we do business development in the UK or in Ireland, we tend to find the response rates quite, quite. If it's not not big, but you you tend to get a couple of bites back um, if you are doing a, a business development drive. Um, in America, I tend to find it's, it's sort of knocking on the door quite a bit before they tend to open it. Um, and, and like I said, it's very transactional, hard to, hard to build those relationships because they don't tend to take calls in comparison to sort of being able to, to go through to the, the Republic or, or even over to the mainland. Um, 
to, to discuss opportunities, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I can imagine that's a, I can imagine that's a bit of a challenge. Uh, having just come back from there, you know, it, it, there's people doing tremendously well over there, but they're working hard all day, every yeah. day. One thing that they kept saying is you'll get a shot, but if you don't take it, you'll not get another. And that was like, if, if you keep at them, you'll get a shot. And that was that, that, that kind of rang, rang true, you know. Yeah, I think I heard a statistic earlier in the week. I'm not too sure what what podcast I was listening to. But well, it they, wasn't one of the ones I just make up. <laughs> it, might, you know, it, might, it might have been one of yours. Um, it, was like 10, it takes 10 chances with one company before they, they sort of consider to buy off you. Really? Um, yeah, it, it's some, 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 something along those lines. Um, you, you've listened to this podcast a little bit. It must be funny somebody with a similar accent interviewing, yeah. <laughs> interviewing, interview, doing the similar job to you and interviewing people in our industry all around the world. I can imagine being in your seat and going, "Oh, wow!" <laughs> Do you know what? It's great because because there's a lot of like when I was looking at uh, we've sort of expanded on the RPO side of things. I know you did a, a one with source coders. Um, I actually reached out to um, I forget his name Emrati. I couldn't say it, but yeah, that's his name. Uh, yeah. Um, so I I reached out to him and just sort of got a, a few points of how he sort of approached it and things like that. So I, I find them really really inform- all the information that you can gather from is is fantastic, especially for someone in my position where these are avenues that are we are looking into and and looking to grow and and adapt. Yeah, and and who else did you listen to? Um, there was another one from the guys who hired the fella from Digital Gurus in London. He went out to America. Um, I forget his name now. Was it was it the guy who went out to Dubai the, from from Digital Gurus? Uh, say no. Um, they hired him. His name's Daniel Hirsch. I think his name is. He did the mobile stuff, um, iOS and Android, and he went out to, I think it was in California. Ah, uh, right. It, it would have been, I, I know who you're on about. Um, this is terrible. I've had, I've done a hundred of them now. So. I've, li- I've, I've listened to a hundred of them. So, yeah, yeah the, name, the names it's, uh, are... Uh, it's the guys from IntelliTech. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So, like, listening to how, listening to their stories and and sort of what they've had to deal with in in their setups and stuff like that. I've been able to take bits from each of them and try to avoid the mistakes that they might have made, um, in order to to sort of get success on my, yeah. my own. Yeah, I I quite like their model because um, I think you can do it from anywhere. You know, and they, yeah. so they go after high end specific people. Um, they're doing San Francisco from LA. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of it's called NPC. What's what the Americans call it? You know, putting a candidate out to market, and uh, and and really working candidates and not searches as much. Yeah. Um, and from their marketing and stuff, they're really embedding themselves in that community. And uh, yeah, just hire good people. They're so lads, and. Uh, and, and they're doing well, you know, so um, yeah. it, it is a bit easier, though, when you're out there. You know, it's tougher doing it from here. And one of the things that I would say is difficult is, you know, you go, OK, I'm going to do mobile development. I'm going to do it in America. 
so you do it for a bit and then you, you know you're knocking on doors and you're not getting it as much as you'd like so then you start going oh maybe i'll look at germany now and then you're like oh i'll try an rpo before you know it you've lost your focus and yeah you, ha- you haven't built it out and that's it, i i'm not speaking about you but that is how i that's how my brain goes and yeah it's definitely a weakness how, like when you look at the when you look at your strategic plan moving forward do you have any advisors that you can rely on outside of your brother-in-law yeah um my my stepfather he's he's owned a few businesses and he's he's got his head screwed on so that i would touch base with him um but not only that i've got a couple of friends um who are also in recruitment um they work independently uh they've got a, one works in the finance side of things um so i yeah I would, i'd sort of pick their brains as well and so luckily enough um my accountant's one of my good friends so yeah i sort of run run the things past him before before making making decisions mm. and uh and so what uh if we do this chat in a year's time where are you going to be where's the business going to be at if you could predict Hopefully more established in the U.S. market um, with being increased headcount. I know there's there's this big there's this big thing about not having a lifestyle business, but there's no need to have a. You know, I think you've described them as call centers, yeah. and at the end of the day, the more people you hire, the more hassle and stress sort of comes with it. And not everyone's going to be a, a bad hire, but you will nine times out of ten have at least. Have your troubles along the way. So, uh, ideally, look if I could have a good bunch of people around me, say another two to three hires um, in the next sort of twelve months, I'd be I'd be happy with uh, with, with a better established sort of foothold in, in the U.S. market. Yeah, it is something I wrestle with a little bit. You know that whole lifestyle versus scaling a business, and yeah, you know it's a. Uh, it's a, it's it's a tough one especially when you see like kids that you know have been in recruitment for 15 months and they've gone they've gone a wee bit of funding they're up to 10 people they've built a couple of million between them and they're away to the races and you're like oh, actually you could probably sell that business in, in two years and i'm still kind of doing the same thing so i i struggle comparing myself to those people yeah. a lot uh, it's very hard to manage your own ego when you're working for yourself isn't it yeah yeah, big time. Um, I I get uh I get a bit of grief down the football club, but uh, yeah, so it's not it's not that bad. <laughs> Very good. Um, before we go, any questions I can answer? Given I've just been out in America, I've interviewed tons of agencies that are are you know bringing in the the massive amount of dollars and and all the rest. Any insights or anything that I can give you? What, what? From what from what you've experienced and from what you've you've spoken, of, what what are they doing differently? Well, the most successful person I sat across from was Kieran Behan, and I I I I asked everybody the same question, um, and I said, if if you could go on a time machine and go back to the, the point from day one when you moved to the US, what would you do differently? He said nothing, <laughs> and then he just <laughs> and then he just surveyed his empire, which is two hundred and fifty recruiters on a on a floor. Like we went in and literally we just kept walking and walking and walking, and there was just 
desks after desks after desks, and the room was buzzing. It was like it was it was like uh, one of the more family friendly uh, sections of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Like it was right. just hopping, and you know, I, 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 as I said, I've wrestled with this. Like, do you want to have a good lifestyle boutique, um, or do you want to go for it and? be like Faden or do you want to you know it's very hard you know you're going to have to work hard either way what they've done well is they've taken all the S3 principles of how it's worked um, and they've turned it up and they've gone they've done the 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 inch wide and a mile deep and they've done it in every vertical and they've been really consistent with how they do it how they plan it how they how they run their days and then I spoke to I spoke to a good lad called Stuart Cherry. He's been on the podcast, and he's from uh, he's from Belfast. And you know, we we had a beer after the podcast, and one of the topics that came up was marginal gains and how he looks at running the operation. And he's managing like 40, 50 people there, and yeah, you know, he talks about it like everything, everything that people do in his in his uh, in his office is is all managed. Down to the la- down to the finer details, like where they are, how long it takes them, and not from a point where he's micromanaging, saying you need to do this, but they've got their own anal- analytics, so right. they're working backwards on. Okay, well, look, that's what you've done, but if you want to get to the point where you said you want to get to, this is what we kind of need to get you to. Let's have a wee look at what you're doing throughout your day to see if we can tweak it, improve it, and that's his job. He has to go and just take. Like add we inches to people, and I thought that was yeah, I was a really good way of of looking at it. And again, when you're running businesses, one thing is like, so you might burn out in in a business like that. But everybody I could see had a smile on their face because they were all willing, all making money. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. And you know yourself, you know, a, a happy consultant is a successful consultant. And yeah, the the struggle that we can have in having lifestyle businesses is that maybe we're not, we're not getting as much out of people as we could. And it becomes a bit more qualitative analysis rather than, than quantitative. So we're not actually going here is exactly what we need to get you to this point. And, and I just thought it, it kind of shaped a little bit the way I've, I, I've probably, Maybe maybe I I'm not built to be like them, but I appreciate yeah. I appreciate that they are like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. I, I suppose I, I would be a perfect example of that. Um. If anything, like if I compare sort of my personal bones working for myself and working for other recruitment agencies, I haven't needed. I suppose the, the that's the best word. I haven't needed to build those extortionate numbers, um, in order to to have a good lifestyle, if you know what I mean, because obviously I, I can do probably half the billings, but reap sort of double, triple the amount of, of, of income, because obviously it's, it's directly correlated with, 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 with what I need. I suppose just going back to that sort of four hour work and week really. Yeah. Um, so some of the principles in that. And then, but then, but then what you've created is a highly paid job for yourself. Yeah, which is yeah. which is what I have as well, um, and what they have is real businesses, and and that's where like if you're happy, 
that you're going to go down that road and that's what you're going to be because that's you're gonna you're gonna end up doing something so if you enjoy what you're doing that's fine but yeah what they're doing is building a business and to sell it uh, so it's it, i i don't know i always, i'm always kind of wrestling with and, and again that comes down to ego like do I want to build a business because I want to sell it or do I want to build it just so I can say to people, I have 10 people, 20, 100 people working for me and this is who I am? Or or actually, would my job be more interesting if I was looking at 40 people and thinking, oh, this is marginal gains here. How, how can I improve this person and that person? And I'm away from the actual day-to-day. So I I wrestle with these thoughts a lot. I'm sure, I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. There's times that you can sort of, you think, right, we'll pedal to the metal and, and we'll, we'll go flying and we'll do 12, 13 hour days. And then on the, on, the, on the flip coin, then it's nice to get home. It's nice to get to see the wee one during the week and, and, and stuff like that. So I suppose at the stage that I'm at, um, I'm in a position where, yeah, the business is doing well. I'm in a position where I've, I've got, Obviously, a, a very small team, just me and Patrick at the moment, but we're planning on growing in the summer. So yeah. if I can grow slow, slowly and, and and grow it up and, and for everybody to, to have a have a good career and enjoy coming to work, I think I think that's probably one of my main goals. Um, yeah. Good to know yourself, right? Yeah, I think egos in recruitment can get so, so big in the way of things. And realistically, at the end of the day, there's no point going to work if you're not enjoying it. So... I think if I can get in an environment where people like coming and, and, and working with us, then I think that's going to be my main goal uh, for, for our business anyway. Well, Cahill, I've enjoyed speaking to you. It's pancake o'clock for me here. I'm going to be in trouble. But Not a problem. Thanks, thanks for accommodating <laughs> me and jumping on the podcast early. And uh, Not a problem. Thanks and, for having me. And we'll catch up when I am over in your neck of the woods, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Go for beer. Yeah, we will invite Mr. McGlynn as well. He'll probably yeah, be, definitely. He's a bit of a local celebrity in Derry, isn't he? So yeah, he's a uh, he used to play for Derry himself. Uh, from what right. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So he might have to sign a few autographs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I can one thing I can assure you of, he won't buy the beer. Ah, uh, don't worry, don't worry. So we'll get we'll get something sorted there. <laughs> Good man. All right, thanks, Carl. Catch you. Perfect. Cheers. All the best. Bye bye. Massive thank you to Cahal for coming on the podcast. Hopefully I'll get to catch up with him in the summer when we are back home for a little bit. I'm really happy that uh, he's getting benefit out of listening to the podcast and uh, has uh, has found it a useful resource. And if you are, uh, let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to know, I'd love to hear from you. And tomorrow I'll be in Brighton. I'll be recording with Barry the Lawyer with Mark Sinowski and with Roy Ripper, three industry veterans that know all about scaling and operating world-class recruitment businesses. So I'm going to be picking their brains on a roundtable videoed event and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some great pieces of content from that. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Three great guys and uh, only down the road for me. So yeah, I'm really buzzing about that. And that's going to form the next part of our strategy in terms of bringing to life the people from the podcast. So stay tuned for that and for more podcasts coming up. I've loads to catch up on. Take care. Happy hunting.